Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 90 of the Tall, Dark, and Ratchet podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Williams. This is a very special episode. Today, I will be known only and exclusively as Papi Racheta. <laughs> and I'm joined today by a fellow Ratchet uh, Hispanic, if you will. And uh, before I even give him an introduction, let's let's start things off with a proper intro, shall we? It is, in fact, still a pandemic. However, things are starting to subside. Now, I've been having a wild and wacky time here in the red light district of Canada, also known as Montreal or as the capital of Putin. (laughs) And uh, I am joined here today by the one, the only Mr. Stop Knox. Yes. All right. How you doing, guys? It's nice to be back on a podcast. Thank you, Marcel, for invitation. Not didn't invite you. I'm just sleeping on your fucking futon, and you're, you were like, "Hey, I got some mics." I'm like, "Sure, I need content." So here we are. Yeah, let's call it an invitation. So I, I, it makes me feel better. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night, because that futon did not help me sleep at night. All right, so we met through a gentleman, uh, Frankie, Mister. Uh, Wow, you actually say his name? That's a fact. <laughs> you can try to bleep it all you want. I'm going to say it on top. I'm going to re-record it. I don't know how I feel about this microphone, to be honest. I'm, I I feel a little bit out of place. I like the grass. I, I know, I know. It's, it's still I like, work in progress. I like the fedora. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, We got expensive things, and I don't deal well with expensive things. Give me the cheap shit. Oh, this was cheap as fuck. <laughs> and you don't have a pop filter. I don't have a pop filter, so we're going to be popping throughout this podcast. Yeah. But anyways, um, so we met uh, just a couple of years ago, and um, you helped me actually a little bit in terms of uh, Frankie helped me a lot with video editing. You helped me with some Photoshop type stuff. And um, you're also a multi-dimensional. There's actually a name for that. It's like uh, um, somebody who who does like multiple things. I don't remember what the name is. Like, a, I don't know. You're, you're a slave. Yeah, I do a couple of different stuff, you know, for sure. You got to adapt yourself to whatever kind of work you're doing, right, to actually make some money in life that's a fact <laughs> and um that's why i have an only so it's only slash poppy racheta and you will find i have a promo code for the month of november 30 percent off of one dollar which means you only have to pay 70 cents this month so now you are a dj as well yeah yeah now you told me the origin of the name stop Knox, and it's probably the whitest thing i've ever heard so can you explain to people <laughs> how you came about the name stop Knox? okay so actually the name doesn't have like a, an actual real meaning to it I was I was twelve. I started DJing when I was like twelve, thirteen, and I was like, okay, I need a DJ name, right? It's part of the game, right? And I'm like, I didn't know what DJ name I wanted to to get, so I was listening to Slipknot. I remember I was listening to Slipknot, and I really liked the logo and the sound of the S and the X. So I made like ten different names, like randomly without any meaning. And I tell my friend, hey, hey, do you like this name? He's like, yeah, Stomnox is dope. I'm like, okay, Stomnox it is. 
and I just keep it. You know, a bunch of people is like, why you, why your name is something? But okay, back in my country, we're Latinos, right? We, we nobody speak English over there, so Stomach sounds like kind of cool. You know, it's like you know, some swaggy English vibes and stuff like that. All the DJs, DJ Vaquero, DJ Chicho, Sunshine, you know, ratchet name. So my name was kind of fancy. <clears throat> fancy, he says. When I then I came here, it's not fancy at all. <laughs> so note to self, people: never name yourself at the age of twelve. No, never. Oh yeah. Um, do you want me to do a small rundown of who am I? Nobody cares. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So let's let's start. So you said back home. Where is home for okay, you? Okay, I'm from Venezuela, specifically Margarita Island from the Caribbean. I lived there for 18 years. But I'm half Colombian, so I was raised as a Colombian in Venezuela, basically. What would you say the biggest difference is for those who don't know about <laughs> who is, you know, what is a Colombian and what is a Venezuelan? What are some distinct differences between the two? First, the way you talk, the accent is very different. The Colombian accent is where more predominant and better. I feel it's a little bit better in the fact of uh, people like it more. And also the small stuff like words that you, the slang is different and also like some traditions, but we are very similar. At the end, it's super similar because we're right next to each other. And a lot of our culture come from the same place. So you know how in Montreal, they're very pompous about their French and they feel like theirs is superior to everyone's, but then France is more of like a refined, the origins of French. What would you say is like the refined Spanish? Where does that come from? And what's the most ratchet Spanish that there is? Okay, so so there's two types of Spanish. There's a Castellano and Spanish, right? Castellano is from Spain. It's like the actual origin of the of the Spanish and, and the, and, no, sorry, that's Espanol. And the Castellano is the one we talk in Latin America that is derived by Portuguese and the Spanish from Spain. Mm. I feel in in South America, the better Spanish, the more understandable Spanish, I feel is from Venezuela because it's a little bit more neutral and it doesn't have that much sound into it. It doesn't mean that it's the better. Hey, chill out. It's oh, just, just, the just so in case everyone's wondering if you are watching this right now. We also have some Spanish security in the background yeah, here. They're that making sure that I don't say that Epa is from Venezuela without dying. So, so I was saying is I feel that Venezuela is the most neutral one, but the hardest, 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 hardest to understand is one thousand percent the people from Chile. I can understand. I I don't understand that shit. They need subtitles most of the time, and they speak the same language as us, completely Spanish, but it's just hard to understand. So what you're saying is, is that the next time I'm in a setting where it's predominantly Spanish being spoken, I should just say I'm from Chile. So that's why you can't understand me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can pass with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, so now you moved to Canada. Where was the first city that you lived in? I moved, sadly, I moved to first to Ottawa. <laughs> and why was Ottawa? Because people always ask, because um, I'm from Winnipeg originally, and, and my father immigrated from an island to Winnipeg. They're like, why the fuck would he choose Winnipeg of all places? But in, in that time, I think Canada in general was easier to move to than the US. And then with Winnipeg, at in the, in the era that he moved into, there was a lot of you know, West Indians that were moving in that region as well as Montreal and Toronto. So I think it was just an easier way for him to finesse himself into the country. So how did you manage to go into the nation's capital of Ottawa of all places? From there? It, it, well, first, well, it was a hard decision to move first because I was doing very well as a DJ in Venezuela. I, I did DJ with like BPM Supreme and I was like doing tours around the country. So in my mind, it was like, I'm 18, I'm a, I'm a kid, I'm doing fine, what I gotta leave. But the whole country situation was so bad. 
was like, I got to go. And the first place that, could, that I could go was Ottawa because I have an aunt over there and I could crash mm. in her couch, right? So it was like a no-brainer. It's not like I researched that, oh, I want to go to Ottawa. Nobody wants to go to Ottawa. So I end up going there. I study because I needed to study to do something in my life, right? I study business marketing. I keep DJing until I finish high, uh, my college education. Boom, I left straight up to Montreal because I couldn't stand Ottawa anymore. I love Ottawa. I have a lot of friends over there, but I couldn't live there. So why was Montreal the next pivot? Because, you know, sometimes people go from Ottawa to Toronto because it's still Ontario and and Quebec has, you know, some different rules and regulations and things like that. So what attracted you to Montreal? Basically opportunity. Like our our mutual friend that he don't want, the one who shouldn't be named. (laughs) Let's call it Balaclava. He, He started looking at me as a DJ in Ottawa and he said like, hey, you are very good DJ. We should do something together, blah, blah. And then I called him, hey, I want to I wanna DJ in Montreal. He's like, okay, come here. I came to Montreal. We started DJing. We started doing pop-up events called Bailao. We started bringing our own style of music because he works with music too. So we created like this nice Latin house, Brazilian style. And then I just decided to move. After six months, I was like, uh, yeah, this is the place to be for me. And I, I like it. And I moved here. Okay. Now, is there any, ever uh, an, a thought in your head where you're like, maybe I just want to go back to Venezuela or or maybe you want to go and explore a different region outside of, of Canada? Or are you very much enjoying the culture here in, in Montreal now and this is now your new home? Uh, I'll say I do want to go other places. Um, I'm not looking forward to go other places right now because it's like you're building something, right? You build a career in one place. And I know it took me five years to build my career in Venezuela. So I know it's going to take some time to build it here. So my mind is like, let's create a strong career here and then I can explore a little bit more. I do not want to go back to Venezuela anytime soon. I think that I'm just going to get sad Mm. because it, country super bad deteriorated and and i know i'm gonna go i'm gonna be like you know this is sad from what i remember from my country so right now it's like you know i'm young i just just work 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 and create a career from it and the pandemic obviously has weighed on a lot of people especially in the entertainment industry um club scenes and stuff like that so what were things that you did to you know stay busy remain present and relevant during the pandemic and and kind of where are things now and today uh, almost two years after this pandemic well first i start eating like everybody <laughs> but no seriously i start working with a vr well because all the djs were doing live stream and we're like I, we don't want to do the same stuff that everybody's doing right so we found this vr world and and how you can dj in vr then we start working with this company from san francisco called tribe xr and we still just start developing the app and we start doing live streams with dj headset and i end up djing for like 200 and plus people in like college parties and stuff like that in vr it was actually pretty sick and it really introduced us to a new world that now Mark Zuckerberg is opening the door to everybody, right? With the yes. meta, meta this metaverse. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I can attest to the uh, clubs and the parties and stuff that you were throwing in VR because I remember when Mr. Narcos, who shan't be mentioned, <laughs> uh, told us uh, he, he was very insistent that I get this VR headset. And at first, the idea of it just seems so far-fetched where he's like, yeah, you can do comedy shows and there's nightclubs. And I'm thinking to myself, like, the fuck is this guy talking you about? You try it straight up, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so the I mean, first thing I did with the VR headset, I was like, yo, let me see what this 360 view pornography is saying. It's insane, though. It is, but here's the thing. It, it, there's still a lot of 
of work that needs to be done because a lot of the videos are from the perspective of a white man. So when I look down and I see, you know, a white schlong, it's not really that fitting. And these girls are just going cuckoo bananas. But what I will say, though, I don't know how deep you've gone into the the world of VR porn because I know I've scorched the earth. There is more. I've seen more like orgies than regular porn like you'll see one guy and 12 girls and i'm like yo this is overwhelming because you're over here trying to focus on the one chick that's riding this you know your simulation of a penis but then there's one chick whispering in your ear there's one bitch mowing the lawn over there and then there's one just doing a cartwheel one's fucking doing your taxes i'm like hey whoa 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 my add is just too too out of here to be following all the things that are going on here but we're off topic so so back to how you were throwing some events in yeah, in, VR. in VR. So there's a, I guess like a sub app in there called Alt Space VR. Basically, Ready, Ready Player One. Right, and so I'm very familiar with the drop-in audio audio app Clubhouse. And my the easiest way to explain what Alt Space VR is is essentially that. However, instead of it being different rooms, there's different worlds. And then rather than it just being, you know, your profile picture, you actually have an avatar and you can kind of go around and navigate and so on and so forth. And the same way that if you want to mute people, if you're like the host of a certain event, you can do that. Um, But you guys took it a step further where you created worlds beaches nightclubs and you can see how many people are kind of coming in and and what's what's dope about it is that anyone with a vr headset can join these worlds meaning that you're getting people from not just canada or the us you're also getting people from japan australia london all congregating into this place and um they get to send you requests for songs and you get to interact with the people with through emojis and stuff like that so it was a very cool space and to see kind of how it's shifting now to evolve into something bigger. So do you plan on continuing to pursue yeah, the VR a, stuff? A thousand percent. That's the future. And and the way to innovate, to, to get to be somebody in the music industry, either as a musician or as a DJ or whatever, is to innovate, right? And that technology is going to overcome. We're super ahead of the curve right now because it's still super in development process. But the fact, like, for example, I started doing DJ classes. Like teaching people from other parts of the world. There was one in Texas and was there was one in like San Francisco that I teach how to DJ in VR. You know, that that's that's insane. That is crazy. Because it's like a video call where you can interact with the VR stuff. I'm definitely gonna keep working on that stuff. Of course, now there's a little bit more movement in the nightlife and I'm back of DJing in, in places and stuff like that. But the VR is still like a passion project that I know is gonna pick up at one point and I wanna be ahead of the curve and be like, Yeah, yeah, I did that first. You know, facts. And then, yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I noticed, too, is that there were other people that were trying to do essentially what you were doing. But because you were the first, you already had the following there. So when, you know, people saw, oh, Stop Knox has an event at this club or on this is a beach party or whatever. Um, it, it was interesting to see that I would go inside of these worlds and I know you in real life. But then these people just kind of know your online persona or whatever. And, and they're really drawn yeah. to to that. They only know my Latin accent. <laughs> they say papo and like how like what do you say oh sorry 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 part of my 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 spanish of course but you you mentioned something to me yesterday when we were out well actually just to clarify so i haven't slept in in quite some time <laughs> and i went so i came through train to montreal yesterday as soon as i got in at around 2 33 o'clock i went right to these girls place to do their podcast then we went out for food 
Then we went to help um, our homie Thad set up the event. And then after that, went directly to a house party um, for, for a couple of birthdays. Feliz cumpleaños. A Latino house party. A, a very Latino okay. house party. This was a very Colombia house party. I just want to say this was the first time I ever went into a place and was solely greeted in Spanish. <laughs> and it took at least seven minutes before people were like, oh, that guy doesn't speak Spanish at all. Because they would you know proceed with these conversations they're like oh yeah como esta? Estoy tranquilo, and then they start going into some next shit and i'm like hey you lost me Bobby. like <laughs> i literally i i don't think i've ever said in my life more no hablo espanol <laughs> no hablo no hablo no comprende no nada nothing i got nothing for you so that was interesting but yeah it was it was a cool gathering a lot of culo and uh I, I i gotta say it was it was a great time a lot of tequila a lot of other things but um so but what, what was interesting that you said to me was that um sometimes it's not about playing the songs that you want to hear because whenever men specifically make requests saying like i want to hear welcome to the party and they want like pop smoke songs yeah. or they want uh you know some some drake or something they're like i need trophies right now right <laughs> It's like, okay, cool. So why? So that you can like kind of like side to side while all the women are bored and their coochies are drying up. Exactly. So for you, it's it's more so about curating the the mood of the the environment yeah, as yeah. opposed to just satisfying your own personal needs. So completely. Did you have to learn that the hard way? Like maybe you were in a club and you're like, oh, I love this song right now, and then you'd play and see that the dance floor would kind of dry up. Um, I I don't I did I didn't learn in the hard way. I learned it by by just looking what was happening, right? Mm. Um, and for example, I really understand when it's, it's your job, right? There's one thing that you can be a DJ for passion. Like, yeah, I'm a DJ in my room and sometimes I have one or two parties, right? Oh, cool. I mean, those are those are called incels. <laughs> so so that's fine. Okay, you're a DJ, but it's not your profession. Like I, I, I make money from it and it's my job, right? Mm -hmm. So when somebody hires me for, for hiring me for a party, I'm, I'm making the people have fun, right? So I work for the people. And it's like, in my mind, it's like, I, I don't care if the guys are dancing. Because a good party, it sounds sexist, but a good party, if it's the girls are having fun, everybody's having fun, right? Because the guys like to see a girl dance, you know? But girls, they want to dance. They don't want to see guys dancing, you know? No, if I go to a party and it's a bunch of guys doing the, the woo dance and shit like that, I'm going to be like, this is not the spot to be tonight. Exactly. I want to see some mamacitas you doing some You want to see some things. mamacitas moving. Even the mamacitas between each other, they like to see each other dancing yeah. too, right? So in my mind, it's like, I'm going to make them dance and I'm not going to, I don't care about the guy. To be honest, if a guy comes and asks me for a song in a club, 99%, like you have to be the owner of the place for me to to be like okay i'll play that song if not i'm gonna be like yeah yeah, yeah i'll play later no worries but you know you say that you're a lesbian girl me too <laughs> that's the energy i'm coming with yeah because you, you have to be real like at the end i'm making the people dance and we want to see the girls if you want to go to a club to listen that one song that you really like don't go to a club put your fucking headphones on in your house and do it you know but if you're going to a club you have to be made it have to be a little bit of mainstream and and you know in then is the balance too you know like i've noticed as a dj there's the type of songs that will encourage violence in the club especially hip-hop does that a lot not that much like the old hip-hop but more the new hip-hop the answer stuff like it, it makes guys like want to you know show off and be like i have the biggest bottle blah 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 blah. oh what you touch my girl oh you look at my girl you know when they have other type of music that's what i like reggaeton reggaeton is more everybody's having fun 
You know, it's not about it, you don't even drink basically when you're dancing reggaeton because you're you're dancing. So you're not drinking, right? So that's Well that's the bow, that's not reggaeton, but it, it goes into the same category. Okay, so please explain this to me because for me, like, it, I always find it interesting how he, there's a few questions within this one statement here, but I find that when Latin records cross over into the mainstream where I hear it, because I'm not really out there seeking music anymore at this age, right? But when I hear a song that just kind of comes to me, I'm like, yo, there's just something about this. And I find it very interesting because you can break down, obviously, better than I could the difference between. Um, reggaeton and some that have more electronic influences but to me it all kind of sounds like it's got the same pattern but there's just a small modification to it variation that just makes it you know its own thing so can you explain to me a little bit about like the differences in genres of these music yeah a thousand percent like at the end um because it's easy to categorize everything to one type of music right at the end you have subgenres and especially for example house you have house deep house tropical house blah 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 that many house right at the end everything has kind of the same bpm same happened with the latin music you have the whole urban part of the latin music that is more reggaeton and you have more traditional parts like more merengue salsa more dancer stuff but when you go to the urban part it have evolved so much that it's not just reggaeton. Like there's subgenres between within the reggaeton, and then you have the the twist that other country does. Like basically, dembow is take a reggaeton rhythm. There's like the dembow, the boom, 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 and put it super fast, and then you got a. Mm. That's the dembow. It's basically the reggaeton faster and with a li- different type way of singing it. Instead of singing it like more as a as a, as a right sensual vibe, you sing it more as a wordplay and more funny vibe and more repetitive words. You know, you hear la mama is like la mama de la mama de la mama de la mama. It's like the mom of the mom of the mom of the mom of the mom. But it's a wordplay in Spanish, but it's a repetition. That repetition it makes you move and blah 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 blah. You know, yeah, and very incestual and also you know yeah that, that that's the other thing it's super sexual reggaeton is hypersexual i don't think that there's a song of reggaeton that doesn't have any sexual meaning to it that's why we latinos are are a hor- we're horny man we're a horny breed of humanity and and we are, we like it you know but in my country grinding with a girl perreando with a girl is totally normal you know it's basically having sex with clothes and it's normal that you do it with your friend you know it's, it's i mean it's okay. normal i think in all con- uh, different countries that aren't european because the reality is white people can't grind because they'd have no rhythm so they're like oh what are they doing there on the dance yeah, floor there that's they're, true that's true they're they're putting their their uh, salsa against their maracas and doing all kinds of crazy <laughs> bachatas and but yeah i mean people even here you know you start dancing reggaeton with with a girl or something like that and everybody you're gonna feel the the looks of everybody being like wow and they're about to fuck or what they're going to do, you know? Look, I'm trying to get somebody pregnant on the dance floor. That's, <laughs> that's my goal in life. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, basically, you do that with reggaeton. It's basically, I had a friend. She always told me, if the guy doesn't know how to dance reggaeton, he doesn't know how to fuck. So she, if she like a guy, is like, okay, we're dancing right now. She can put the song in her phone or whatever to see how he perrea. And she didn't uh, fuck with people, some guys because they didn't know how to perrea. In that moment... I start really paying attention to how do I perreo because if she thinks like that, more people think like that, right? 
So I might not be able to perreo, but I can <laughs> definitely eat the cuchillo <laughs> and make that shit work, mama. <laughs> okay, so so go, going back to the, the the style of the music, uh, so that you get reggaeton, urban reggaeton, right? But in between inside reggaeton, you have like mob pop reggaeton. Like the Spacitos are more pop reggaeton. Despacito. Despacito. Me mami, yo te mamo ese culito. No, that's a remix. <laughs> no, sorry, you can't cut that out. Wait, what did you say? Did you just <laughs> call me a negro? <laughs> I, I said, like, despacito, mami, I'm gonna eat your asshole. De culito. culo. <laughs> yeah, but culito. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But then you have like more hardcore reggaeton, like like Don Omar, uh, all that Yankee stuff has way more hardcore sexual vibes, and and th that's the beauty of it, you know. Do you hear any um, merges or collaborations with drill and reggaeton in the sense that like like a Pop Smoke or uh, CJ is is kind of crossing over with that. Uh, la mama de la mama or whatever yeah. so yeah like a trap drill influence in reggaeton yeah, yes and no the thing is like latinos the ring i'm gonna call it gringo people adapt to the latin music but latin music won't adapt to them we're gonna take it and make it our own style that what happened with trap in like 2013-14 the trap started going crazy in the united states and then came to latin america and artists are doing trap and it's basically the same type of beat but instead of english is spanish mm. you know yeah but bunny was born from trap arcangel developed the trap and there's a lot of art it was hardcore trap if you listen to it it's like this is an english song in spanish they did like the english the spanish version of rockstar and shit like that of of um post malone so we we didn't adapt to them we, we didn't we weren't like oh we're gonna do something with you it's more like okay we're gonna do what you do in our style but then you see how the gringo people is adapting to us you see drake singing in spanish you see uh, the weekend doing a shitty ass bachata song with Rosalia, and she <laughs> see now this is this is what I wanted to ask you. So, depending on who's being appropriated, sometimes people take offense, right? So, like whenever I see like Chet Hanks or I'm an island boy, I kind of get annoyed because I'm like, this is just <laughs> such appropriation, right? But then you've got people like Drake, The Weeknd, Justin Bieber who come in and kind of take something that's already working and just kind of add their, they just want to ride the coattails of success, right? And then you have, and you have people like me too who are just, mommy, I say stupid <laughs> things and I'm over here appropriating Cuban culture, if you will. So uh, how do you guys take offense when you see that kind of stuff? Or are you just like, you know what, this is ultimately going to help put a spotlight on us. In yeah. I feel, I feel because we still are new breathe on the music industry internationally we see it as oh that's nice that's an opportunity me as a dj i see it as this is gonna open this song for more clubs you know when the, when justin bieber did this despacito shit it sounded like shit man like <laughs> like to be honest i didn't like how he do it but it, it really make latin music go mainstream then you see drake drake i got respect to with drake because he did a good job in that song probably because the production te team was behind it but bonnie was on it too but then you see how artists try to really go and try to be Drake and Justin Bieber again in a Latin song and you see you can see when it's business and when it's gonna be a hit and when it's not gonna be a hit so so you can really tell and be like yeah th that this is money 
You know, this is not like, oh, I want to binge or something. It's more like I want to get the money of that you're getting. Right. So how do you rate their Spanish? So like, what would you say out of 10 is Drake Spanish or The Weeknd Spanish or Justin Bieber Spanish? Um, how would you rate Latin, like, uh, 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 my, uh, my, no, Mark, Mark Anthony, no, um, uh, the actor uh, from Spain, um, Antonio Banderas English. Oh, so it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. But here's the thing, though. Like they know how to speak it, probably. Well, they don't know how to speak it, but they they they, they give them the pronunciation and be like, yeah, blah blah blah. The only and reason- when they do know how to speak it, they never get and get the right accent. But here's the thing, though, and this is where I'll challenge that: is that although Antonio Banderas still has a bit of a Spanish accent when he speaks English, it's so distinct that I wouldn't want to hear him without an accent because when you hear him as like Puss in Boots and he's like, I'm going to climb that tree. And he's like, he's still got that kind of like sultry Spanish to his English. It makes it very distinct. So is it a gross kind of an English yeah, accent? Yeah, we don't, we don't like gringo accent. Okay. I, I, I well, Maybe some people do. I To be honest, I, I everybody, nobody, we make fun of gringo accent because for us, I don't know, it's not as exotic mm. as as when Latin, Spanish accent when you speak English. I mean, it's something about taste. What I can tell you is like a lot of Latina likes white boys. That's something that they don't they don't care about the what about, they, they don't want them to speak Spanish. They want what about them to, mixed boys? They do like that too. I love if that. You, yeah, you have to go through your uh, the islands are close to you, you know, Dominican and uh, Cuba, uh, all those parts, you know. They like mixed mixed up. So has there ever been someone who was able to not sound as gringo on on a song before? Like somebody that you knew was not latin but then they were able to and it wasn't like an egregious kind of crossover hmm that's a very good question i feel that drake is the closest one to have done it yo he must have some sort of like linguistic coach on a his thousand team. percent man he i don't think that he not understand what he was saying in the song he was just he's the same way bro when latin people sing english stuff in, in school and shit like that i didn't know any of the words i was singing i was singing wonder or uh, whatever Green Day song I was listening to, you know? And I didn't know the lyrics, but I was just saying whatever they say, you know? Yeah, but he's going everywhere. He's doing Patois, he's doing Arabic. Um, Shorty said, I look like Yusuf, look like Hamza. Habibti, please. Ana Akid in Tijuana, Akhla. Like, who's teaching him how to curl his throat like that? <laughs> Probably somebody in the studio, man. At the end, these are... Who does he have in the studio for that? He... Bro, they have a team. They, they are not They are not themselves. They have a, They don't decide, oh, I'm going to do this song. I'm going to sing like this. No, they have a team. And this is a million dollar industry, you know? So to have like authentic artists is very hard to find them right now. Like when you say, oh, Drake, Drake's song is amazing. No, no, no. Drake's team made an amazing song with him singing on it. It's not like a Kanye West where he actually does basically everything on the song, right? And I mean, it's fine. It's industry, right? It's, it's a business. But at the end, it's, it's like that. This is all thought out. It's all controlled. You know, they control what's popping in the clubs, what's popping in the music industry. So who do you think is going to be like the next big person to come into the mainstream from Latin music? From Latin music? Ooh. I feel that Raul Alejandro is about to really become super mainstream. The fact that he released a song with Chris Brown. Okay. And and he's in the top charts in Latin America and also in Europe. I think that's a big deal. And I feel that El Alfa is going to... 
it's gonna be super big, especially in New York, because the amount of Dominican in New York is crazy. They're like there's a half gringo, half Latino community. Well, they are a thousand percent gringo and a thousand percent Latino at the same time because of the history in, in the US. And those are gonna be the bridge between these artists and being super global pop stars and and you know. Okay, so I'm gonna need you to explain something for me here. All right. Because I I I played this clip on uh, a podcast uh, a while ago. And to me, I have a hard time trying to understand because I, I understand like, you know, with, with with certain cultures, some things may not be deemed as as inappropriate or, you know, it just seems kind of normal. But to me, when I see shit like this, I don't know. I need you to try to explain this to me. Oh, he's shaving his back. Not even shaving the back. Look at what he's doing with his cheeks. And then this. Okay, that's... Um... Because Bobby Schmurter currently right now is getting a lot of flack for his gyrating and his whining. And a lot of people said that it was only when he started to take his shirt off that it really started to raise some flags. Like, mm, prison might have changed this guy. But I need you to try to explain this to me because... I said I, in my post that I made, I was like, no grown man should be able to move his hips like this. And they're like, nah, this is, you know, it's part of the culture and, and shit like that. But I'm seeing this and I'm no, like, this, hey, this, yo. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's trying to dance like a girl, or like, a, like a guy. I mean, I mean, you get people like Raul Alejandro, they, they basically fuck the stage. When they dance, this looks like this barber is about to fuck his client. Yeah, but That's if, what it's if, if like. that was Raul Alejandro, that would be okay. But because he's not Raul Alejandro, nobody likes that shit. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So how come he gets a pass? I, be, I don't know because his whole vibe is like that. The girls get crazy about about that, but only because of him. I, I don't think that. It, like if you go to a club and you're Latino, start dancing like this, you you 100 are gay. Like people were gonna think that you're gay. I thought you may not be, and some girls will be like, "Oh, he knows how to dance." But if you're dancing like that, why is he having sex with the wall? I don't know, man. Like <laughs> that's too much. Like he's overdoing it, hardcore. And he's like, the thing is, they tried to like gradually make it seem like it was just like a a general segue from like, "I'm just gonna be shaving your shoulders" to him just gyrating and shaking his cheeks, and then the barber starts grabbing his meat and just doing the most. So I don't know. I I, I feel like. <laughs> Uh, there's there's maybe not so much a stigma with him, but you're saying that, yeah, you would kind of assume that if somebody yeah, was... Yeah, that, that, he's overdoing it. He's he's doing it for the views. He knows it's going to be trending. He's not like he's, he's going to be like people, oh, is this He didn't even crack 40,000 views, but those are 40,000 people that are like raising eyebrows like, I don't yeah. know, King, that might not be it. Exactly. Uh, is he Latino? What do you mean? This guy is clearly Dominican. <laughs> yeah, that's... Look at the... I can't even read the title of this video. Rada flow el alfa... Yeah. And he's Mario, got the kiss a... emoji. I don't know how I feel about it. I am very much on the fence. I mean, just to, to interject, there's a lot of sexualization, even in the Dominican. Yeah. Like, if you see El Alfa, he wears makeup, like nail polish, and then just even Bad Bunny, and like the whole, like, uh, the removing the whole uh, homophobia from it is, is, is very important for Latin music because it's been a stigma. Even like I was explaining to you yesterday, the word dembo comes from Jamaica when there was a song called Dembow, and it was to it was against uh, homosexuality. Oh, homosexuality. Right? Yeah. In, in Jamaica, it's been a stigma. So in Dominican Republic as well, and I think one of the successes of Bad Bunny defending tra trans communities, uh, El Alfa being super independent, 
dressing like a puppy. Have you seen that? Yeah, bro. I, I, Alpha dresses like a fucking dragon. There, there, there's and, a... And, 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 and then he, do, he doesn't care because he's independent. No label can tell him what to do. Because he makes his... Pays himself his own way. So, so, so Bad Bunny did a photo shoot for a, for a magazine and he actually wore women's clothes. Like, straight up was women's clothes. And and they start asking him about it, like, oh, is this too much? Because Bad Bunny started with painting his nails, changing his color, using, like, stuff in the lips and shit like that. I mean, it's like he got a pass because if if you cancel him for that, you're you're being homophobic at the end. Right, right, right. You know? And, And then... When people start complaining about him, he's like, I can dress however I want dress, you know? Like, this is society telling you this is women, this is men's. And I feel that that's amazing the way they incorporate that into the mainstream. And now, like, you accept it. You have friends that paint their nails. and Of course. Stuff, and, right? I, and I see there's hip-hop artists like Lil Yachty and ASAP Rocky and stuff like that that have also done that. But my thing kind of comes from... How much of it is them authentically being themselves and how much of it is just the clickbait of, of the shock value? Like I see Kid Cudi with the wedding dress and the makeup. and I feel that is I, I, the way I see it as an outsider from that part of the music industry in the U.S., I feel that they are they, in the U.S. is way more staged, way more flashy, way more. They make, they make it and they make a, a video on Instagram saying that they do it. When Latin America is more, they made it and they, they are with it in the video. They, are, they don't make a big deal about it. They only make a big deal if people start asking them about it. Like, but Bonnie didn't paint his nails and, and put a story, hey, guys, I paint my nails because, you know, we can be however we want to be. No, no, no. He put in a video that he was putting his nails in the music video and that's it. And then people start like, oh, why he's painting his nails? So I feel that in that aspect, these artists are a little bit more authentic because they don't make a big deal about it. If you're painting your nails in the music video, there's nothing authentic about that. No, if no, you no. just happen to have your nails painted that and, exactly. and it just but shows that, up. That, and that, happened, like that, happened like, oh, after, okay. that happened in the video after the people start calling it out that mm. he was doing it. And then he was like showing in the video, like, yes, I'm doing it. Oh, he leaned into you it. Know? Okay. But he never was like, I feel like it's so flashy sometimes. Like, like I, I see rappers and then maybe, you know, I'm humble, I come from the streets, blah, 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 blah. And it feels like so, so in your face, where it's more Latin, more like Balbing will tell you like, oh, I'm so grateful that I'm able to be doing this. And I come from a humble, but you know, it's like the way they, they approach that topic. I feel like in Latin America is more grateful than in the U.S. I feel in the U.S. is like the more ghetto, the cooler. Mm. The poverty levels are different. Yeah, the poverty. That's true. The poverty levels are different. Poverty is, is, is yeah. Mid class US. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Okay, so the last thing I need from you is now I've been meeting a lot of Latin ladies here in Montreal. Right? What's something that I can say in Spanish that will guarantee me some culo? Oh. Hmm. Whether it be a phrase or a look and a word, like just something that, you know, I can just say, though, they'll just be like, yes, papi, here's the culo. <laughs> Tell them, si tu novio no te mama el culo, pa eso que no mame. Okay, and hold on, say it slower so that I can say it. Si tu novio, si tu novio no te mama el culo, no te mama el culo, wait, hold no on. te mama, no te mama. El culo. El culo. Entonces que no mame. One more time. Entonces. Entonces. Que no. Que no. Mame. Mame. Bad Bunny 2019. So what does that mean? If your boyfriend doesn't eat your ass, don't let... Yeah, tell him to fuck off. (laughs) 
Come on, man. I leave by that, by that, by that phrase, man. All right, I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. If the people are looking to reach out to you, give us some of uh, your socials that people can uh, find you at in case they want to learn some more Spanish phrases or where they can get their nails painted or you know uh, if they want to give you better suggestions for DJ names. <laughs> so you can find me anywhere as uh, Stopnox S-T-O-P-N-O-X-S I'm on mostly on Instagram I'm Facebook I'm everywhere um, I'm in Patreon where I'm doing some content regarding DJing some, some exclusive mixes and some content that we're working on we also have a Spanish podcast called Flotico uh, which is Spanish if you want to learn Spanish listen to the podcast um, and yeah basically you can reach me over there if you're in Montreal you can reach out to me through every weekend. We have an event going on. So, yeah. Thanks Dope. a lot, my friend, for the invitation. Listen, thank you for the painful futon <laughs> and the dry salmon <laughs> and uh, the audio technical difficulties for this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate your time. And, Bro, uh, we do what we got to do with Latinos. You know, we're not fancy like that. <laughs> look, when you come to Toronto, I will have some dried out tacos for you ready. It'll Jeez. be all right with no guacamole. <laughs> all right guys make sure that you uh follow subscribe like do all that fun stuff and i'll see you all next week peace peace out